Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Human Octane. If you're the kind of person who pushes the limit, then you've got to check out Human Octane Apparel. Training and racing apparel designed by OCR athletes, and these guys just get it. Everything they make drives lightning fast, has zippered pockets, is abrasion resistant in high contact areas without bulky padding. I've gotten to know these guys, and trust me, they're going to out-innovate the competition when it comes to OCR gear. Check them out at humanoctane.com. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, guys, I'm back. I got to tell you, if you've been paying attention to my shows of late, you've realized that I've hooked up with a new partner in crime, which is Human Octane. And I think it's important to note that aside from the fact that they're helping to support our efforts, I sought them out simply because they are probably the premier manufacturer of OCR-specific training apparel, training and racing apparel. So try to imagine this for a moment, if you will. I go to these races and I check guys out. Incidentally, I will be at the Tough Mudder this weekend. So if you're planning on racing in San Bernardino and you see me, give me a shout. I'd love to meet you. But so here I am checking out these guys racing and they're wearing bike shorts. They're wearing running singlets and they're basically wearing hand-me-downs from other sports that are not designed or even appropriate for the type of sport we're in. And because the sport is in its infancy, that's expected to have happen. You see this a lot. I'll give you a good example. If you've gone and done a 24-hour event or the world championships where you're freezing your butt off and you thought to wear a wetsuit, this wetsuit was never intended to be something that you would use to run in and or climb up mountains with and in and out of the water with. It's designed for swimming. It's designed for a triathlete. And so, you know, we're early in the sports. We're not going to see yet a lot of manufacturers jumping on board to help support the sport because a lot of them aren't sure that we're serious yet. Little do they know, 8 million people later, that yes, this is a very serious sport and there are serious athletes involved. And given that, we needed some support from a manufacturer that is creating apparel for the sport. And lo and behold, I find a gentleman by the name of Brent Kokel, who is the founder of, founder and CEO, I should say, of Human Octane. And they make OCR-specific apparel for racing and training. And guess what? I have Brent on with me. We're going to discuss where the sport's going, how he came into the game of developing apparel for the sport, and a little bit about the apparel itself. Brent, say hello to our audience, please. Hello, everybody. Richard, thank you for having me on this morning. I really appreciate it and excited to uh, to chat with you about all this stuff. This is this is what I've been living and breathing here 
for the past 18 months as I started to bring this stuff to market. So I'm looking forward to this. I think it's fair to mention, too, Brent, that you're actually a client of mine where you've come to the secret lab. We've gone through the paces. I've done a VO2 on you, did an RMR on you. We did some gate work. And so I got the hook in you a little bit. And, um, you know, clearly, given that you've come and gone through all this, I could very readily see that you are serious about the sport and you are a competitor yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and really, it's like, you know, by no means am I a fantastic athlete. Like, I'm not sniffing the podium on any of the races that I'm in. But really, you know, my deal is I'm just trying to get better than I was yesterday. And coming down there to see you in the secret lab and understanding a lot about my resting metabolic rate and understanding my VO2 max. And I think more than anything, you know, the help that you gave me with my form, which was, I guess, the, the only word I could use to describe it before I saw you is abysmal. You know, it really, really helped me. And you know, I put in the work, man. Uh, I'm up every morning at 4.30, and you know, I'm putting in the work just trying to get better as an athlete. You shared with me a little bit ago how you kind of got this brainchild to start developing this apparel. Can you share it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, it's it's funny, you know, inspiration strikes in the most random of places. And the random place that the inspiration for Human Octane hit me was in the middle of the barbed wire crawl in the 2015 Spartan Race World Championship. And that was, I think, the first year that they did it up in Tahoe. And, you know, I mean, it was like by the time I got there, I was just in an open wave that day. And by the time I got there, you know, the, the sun was behind the clouds and the wind was blowing up on this ridge and we'd just gotten out of this 30 degree water. And, you know, it's like you're right in the middle of that like point of true suffering that you get into in those longer races. And I stopped for a second, kind of thinking like, why am I putting myself through this? But also I just looked around and I noticed that there were all these fantastic athletes. And, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the, uh, the podcast here today, is they were all wearing something that was designed for some other sport that like just happened to work well enough for the sport of OCR. And that's what they were wearing. And, you know, just in that moment, it hit me. I'm like, you know, that's bullshit. I mean, we've got the best athletes on the planet that do this sport and we need to make something that's specific to them and specific for their needs. And, you know, that's, that was the moment of, of inspiration. Um, and it's funny too, because the course photographers were taking pictures that day at the barbed wire crawl. So I may have actually a picture of the moment I thought of it. Um, but in any event, you know, kind of put that on the shelf, finished the race. But as soon as I got down the hill to finish, you know, I started talking to every athlete that would talk to me about like, you know, what did you wear in the race and what do you normally wear? What did it do well for you and how would you change it to make it better? Really trying to figure out, you know, not just from my own experience, but from every athlete that I could talk to, their experience about what was going to be great in terms of gear for them to wear that was really going to be functional for the sport. And, um, you know, a lot of feedback later, we ended up going through design and production and all of that. Yeah, I have to say that you sent me a really nice pair of shorts with the compression liner in it. And unfortunately, my fat ass didn't fit in them as well as I'd like. But at the end of the day, I can appreciate the design. Full disclosure, there was a time where we had an involvement with Two Times You, which is a, 
a really high-end manufacturer of triathlon cycling apparel. And I love the work because what they do is they take a look at the sport, much like you've done, and they try to develop a product that's going to be most suitable for the biomechanics of movement. And meaning that, for example, if you're going to be bent over on a bicycle in a, in a time trial position for several hours, you need the shorts that you're going to wear to accommodate you and not tug on you or chafe you or put you in a bad position. However, taking a pair of shorts like that into an OCR race, it's still trying to put you on that bike. It's not really appropriate. Even though it's a quality product, it's just not appropriate. So what you've done is you've come up with something that works very, very nicely. And uh, I really like, and I'm probably getting ahead of you a little bit, but I really like the fact that in the women's apparel, where you've done these capris and you've caused to put protection at the knees in areas where there's going to be abrasion, with uh, talk about that material and what, what it does and how that works, because I'm going to screw this up. Most definitely, and I screwed it up about the first 15 times that I was looking through it because it's, like, so technical, and then you're going, like, does it really do that? Um, and so, anyway, all right. So, yeah, you're right. Pads are kind of like the Antichrist for me, and that's based on this feedback. You know, I mentioned that after I had the idea, I went down and I started talking to all the athletes, like, you know, about what was good for them and what was bad. I followed that up with uh, outreach on social media just before I even had a company or a name or anything just with those same types of questions. And one of the things that people came back with was, you know, hey, I want to protect myself from abrasions because it's like the crawls and banging into walls, like that hurts and I wind up thinking about it. But, you know, the people that had worn pads, the issue that they had, well, they had a couple, but the main issue was that the foam in the pads is porous. So it winds up taking on water and getting wet and heavy. And as we all know, who've been through these races, like wet and heavy gear sucks. The second thing that they had was that they felt like it didn't make them really look that macho when they were wearing pads out there. And so I thought like, okay, so how are we going to solve this problem for them while keeping this mantra that I had in my mind when I was designing everything was, you know, we need to make all these athletes basically look like superhero versions of themselves. And so, you know, I had up on the board in front of me when I'm, when I'm uh, doing the design, the words fierce, fast, and fucking awesome, because <laughs> that's what I wanted people to feel like when they were wearing this stuff. And that has to do, like, you need to have this sleekness about it when you're trying to do these races because, I mean, really, you know, I look around on social media, and I'm one of these people to some extent too, but a lot of people, I'm convinced, race just so they can plaster social media with pictures of themselves looking like a savage, right? So I'm like, all right, how can we make these people look good and be functional at the same time? And abrasion resistance, incorporating it into that mantra was like a really difficult nut to crack because, you know, you'd go to different textile manufacturers and I went to tons just trying to find the right stuff because, you know, fabric is such a big deal for getting the clothes right from a performance perspective and even from a fit perspective. And so I ended up finding this fabric. It's actually out of a, a manufacturer in Minnesota. And what they do is they take performance fabric and then they apply these 
super tiny, lightweight resin plates to the fabric, which kind of creates this like texture. Um, and there's a couple different textures that, that they offer that we ended up using in different styles that we manufactured. But what these little resin plates do to this performance fabric is they make it 14 times more abrasion resistant than Kevlar. And that doesn't mean that you should go get shot wearing our stuff because <laughs> Kevlar is what they use to make bulletproof vests. It's the plates, the ceramic plates that stop bullets. The Kevlar is what stops you from getting abrasions, like all these bruises and cuts and stuff like that. And, you know, so I was talking to this manufacturer about it and they were telling me, you know, what it could do. And I'm kind of questioning it, uh, you know, as I do everything, like I'm really skeptical because I really you know, I wanted to make the best product out there available. So I wasn't taking anybody's word for it. We did a ton of testing. But these guys closed the deal because they sent me a video that they did where they took this fabric and they wrapped it around a balloon. And then they put the balloon on the end of a stick and put the balloon in a cage with a rattlesnake. And the rattlesnake was snapping at the balloon and it couldn't pop it because this fabric was around it. Wow. So... Like, uh, yeah, I see that and I'm like, okay, that's definitely going to work for us because it's like, you know, I mean, when you're doing crawls underneath barbed wire um, or if you're banging into walls, whatever, like that's not rattlesnake fangs that you're crawling over. That's dirt and a couple of rocks. So we got it covered when it comes to that. I was just like blown away by that particular fabric. Like, um, you know, and it, it was it was a bigger investment than I was hoping to make in terms of the cost of the raw material. But when I saw it, I was like, Hey man, if we're going to make the best stuff on the planet, we need this, you know, cost be damned. Okay. I got a question for you. Do, do you put that material uh, on the tops or just on the compression sleeves and, and knees and that kind of thing? So just for right now, we put it on the compression sleeves, which we made for both men and women, which I guess is a good point because uh, it's a different pattern. A pattern is what they use at the manufacturer to cut and to sew the style. And a lot of people make unisex sleeves, but a man's arm is like way different than a women's arm. And somehow it took our genius to figure that out. Um, and so it's two different sleeves, but we use those in the men's and women's sleeves and then on the knees of our women's capris. And that's the only place we use that right now because I wanted it to just be in these high contact areas. And, you know, through the testing, like the real world testing that uh, I did and then uh, my, my female model that was testing prototypes did, um, you know, we didn't find that there was a ton of contact in the top where you would wind up getting these abrasions and these cuts. And so we did not use it in our tops. Got it. Got it. So right now it's pretty much in the Capri knees uh, up onto the, th how far does it go up under the leg? So it just goes up over the knees, Okay. you know, because spot where if you're crawling or if you're hitting into a wall, that's where it's going to be. And, you know, I mean, with and, you know, I, I would love to use more of this stuff, but we we wanted to incorporate it in as a functional and like visually interesting elements. And, you know, I mean, with the cost of it, it was just it wasn't feasible to do a ton more than that and still deliver a competitive price point on it. 
you know, um, just, yeah, for reference, you know, that stuff is 26 bucks a yard, which may not sound like a ton until you consider that most of the stuff that Nike uses or Under Armour uses is between like two and $3 and 50 cents a yard. And that's not based on the scale that they're buying it at. That's just the cost of a yard of, you know, your basic performance fabric. And so, you know, I mean, this is a, like I said, it's a, it was a bigger investment than I was hoping to make, but it's great stuff. I mean, so we had to use it. Do you make a, a tight for men just yet? No, we don't. So we've got stuff in design and that's something where it's like all these waves of products need to continue to come out because you know, as we're starting to gain some traction here with the styles that we've designed so far, and by the way, I use that term styles, that's the industry term. A style is a pair of shorts. A style is a shirt. Um, A style is a pair of pants. So, you know, we're continually designing new products. And then our process for that, you know, it gets a little bit more sophisticated every time we go through it. So right now in design, We've got a pair of straight-up men's compression shorts that will, again, have functionality that will be beyond anything in OCR right now. Um, And then we've got a women's sports bra and women's compression shorts, um, all with the same ideas in terms of design characteristics of making people look like superhero versions of themselves. And what we're going to do with those is we'll make prototypes and then, you know, we're working with, with several athletes and are really competitive in the podium and races. And we'll have them wear them in those races and then uh, come back and tell us, you know, what we need to do to improve it before we go to mass production. Cool. Very cool. Smart move. Well, I, I guess, hope so. Yeah. Well, how else? How else? You got to get it on the people that are using yeah. the stuff and figure out what works for them and. And obviously enough, you have to be sensitive to their needs. So, yeah, you got to do that. I'll be at this race this weekend. I'm going to make a point to ask around. And if those of you that are listening to this podcast are going to be at that race and you have some comments or considerations about the product, give me a shout. Let me know what you're thinking so that I can share it with Brent. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I mean, I really look for, for feedback from every single angle on, like, what we made now and how everybody feels like that performs and what can be improved in the next run. You know, because really it's like everything we do and like why we do what we do, it just starts with this question. It's like, where do we think the limit on this thing is right now? And how can we blow past that? And that happens all the time. It's like, I'm very happy with the product that came out, but I'm never going to be satisfied because there's always something else that we can do and something that we can make a little bit better. And that's kind of like my mindset as an athlete translating into my mindset as a businessman, which is like, it's like the thing about personal records. You get a personal record and you're really happy. And then instantly what happens to that? It becomes your target that you're chasing down and trying to beat. And that's the same thing that, you know, we've kind of done is, is in the mindset that it comes to the product. And it's like, that's our PR. And we're really happy that we reached the PR, but it, the PR needs to fall and we need to chase that down and we need to keep on pushing limits to do that. And so, you know, it's like, we would just want to push the envelope in every way we can. It's like, 
you know, clothes that do things that you didn't think they can do, because we haven't even talked about water repellency yet, but remind me to come back to that. You know, I want to push the envelope in the way we communicate with people. Like anybody that's looked at our website, you see like the raw language on there that, you know what, it's probably going to be offensive to a lot of people. And that's okay with me because I think it really resonates with our target market. Um, and so, you know, really it's like, that's, that's the big why, why we do what we do is to push the envelope in every way that we can. Well, obviously enough, that's a good segue into the water repellency bit. I want to point out that before we talk about it, I think it's interesting to bring to light how much influence water you carry has on performance. And it draws me back to a running shoe for triathletes that was made by Zoot. And this is probably eight years back where the whole thing about people getting onto their midfoot became a big deal. They identified that runners in triathlon, more specifically, needed to be more midfoot runners because of the fatigue that shows up from the bike to the running mechanics. Anyway, they, they designed a shoe with a, with a Kevlar shank under the, the bottom of the shoe. It acted kind of like a diving board. When you finally let your heel settle down, it kind of forced your knee up and forward. But one of the things that they talked about was the venting in the shoe to reduce the water carry because triathletes get wet and they tend to carry a lot of sweat and water. But where I'm going with this is they did some research on runners that were wearing socks that were wet and how much it influenced their performance. And I mean, it was kind of mind blowing. You're looking at losing 45 seconds potentially from a 5k simply because your socks were wet and carrying water. So try to think in, terms of what happens if your clothing is carrying water or pads in the clothing are absorbing water and you're carrying that along with you. And those of you that are looking at trying to separate yourself from the pack, trying to gain that extra edge, that minute, that two minutes. For example, just last week at Houston, one of my clients, Matt Campione, lost to Isaiah Vidal by three seconds. If he was drier, you know, I'm just getting out on a limb here, but let's just say that the, the issue was that he was carrying water while he was running. That difference may have not been an issue. He might have podium. We're only talking about three seconds, but second place sucks when you're looking at the guy that just beat you, right? And if it made a difference of three seconds or 30 seconds, whatever you can do to minimize that loss, you need to try to put it in play, which is great argument for taking into account how the apparel is going to to stand up for you while you're racing. So anyway, I'm going to quit ranting. Talk to me about how this thing deals with water and moisture. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, and just for the record, my opinion, and this is my sole opinion, is that Matt would have won were he wearing my stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got to get him some. Yeah, exactly. Let's get him some. Um, so, you know, when it comes to, like, how we're dealing with water, everybody's familiar with this term called wicking, right? That's something that came out like in the mid to late nineties. Under Armour was the first one that ever did this wicking, which is really a finish on the fabric. It's not like built into the yarn itself. And what wicking does is it pulls moisture away from your skin until it sits on top of the fabric. And then it lets it air dry from there. And that's really what was available 
for OCR athletes, um, you know, in large part with the stuff that I would see them wearing and the feedback that I got of what they said they were wearing. And that doesn't really work, in my opinion, as an application for OCR because you're constantly in and out of water or getting wet. And what my thought was is how can we make it to where it's kind of difficult for this stuff to get wet in the first place? And how can we make it dry faster? Now, you know, the, the wicking material, they'll say, yeah, that, that dries fast. Well, it leaves your skin dry fast, but it doesn't leave the fabric dry fast. And so in researching this stuff to death, we found this treatment. It's called a durable water repellent. And that's what we use on every single thing that we make. And what this does is it's a treatment on the fabric and it wraps around the individual fibers and creates this barrier to where water doesn't get in or makes it very difficult for water to get in. And so through that finish, water and mud just kind of fall off of you. You know, we had a, a feedback from a couple of guys that did the uh, Spartan Super in Atlanta last weekend that were wearing the shorts the shirt and the sleeves and they said that after the race the only reason that anybody knew that they raced that day was because their legs were muddy and their shoes were muddy everything else just fell off to it it didn't adhere which you know was music to my ears because i mean i've gone through testing with this stuff we did lab testing to measure the repellency factors and i can get into that science if you're really interested um but to understand feedback, you know, from from real users that it worked as I wanted it to work in this real world environment was fantastic, man. I was I was jacked when I heard that feedback. Wow, wow. Clearly, as I pointed out, I think that it's it's an important performance consideration. If you're carrying water around with you, it's heavy and it starts to weigh on you over time. Not to mention, it causes the fabric to stick to you, which tugs on you, and it influences the way your body responds as you're moving through space. So I think it's important. Yeah, you know, I think that. And then it's, it's also just a factor of, of comfort. I mean, when you've got wet stuff that's got grime stuck to it and mud stuck to it, it's just uncomfortable. And the problem with that is it gets you focused on something other than executing your plan for the race. If you're thinking about your gear, then your gear isn't the right gear. One of the other things we haven't talked about yet is, you know, the, the number one feedback that I got from, from all these racers that I surveyed when I was designing this stuff. And, you know, I think if memory serves me correctly, uh, you were asking people about this, I think, on your Facebook page, too. Did, yeah. Like, you know, what's the, what's the number one feature that you want? And, like, everybody's answer is, can you give me a zippered pocket? And so, like, that's not rocket science. And so we're like, yeah, absolutely, we can do that. And so I designed zippers into all of our bottoms that, um, that our the pocket is specifically designed to be able to hold three – energy gel packs or two packs of shot blocks. And then I normally throw my timing chip back there too, because I just don't like it around my wrist during the race. Um, but it's, it's there and it works. And, um, you know, I had another guy that ran, uh, what a 50 K in a, 
a couple of weeks ago, and he said he put his iPhone 6 back there. So um, it's a good size. It holds, it holds what you need, and it keeps it in there, which, you know, it's funny. I mean, before I made this and was, was starting to race in prototypes, I had the same issue. It was like, where do I put my goose? Right. Because, you know, you don't always – it's not always a long enough race to wear, like, a hydration vest um, or carry anything around, and it's like you don't want to put them in your sock. You don't want to just put them like in your shorts because they could fall out of there. And so this seemed to be like the, the logical solution. And that's, that's the way we went. You know, the, the answers that I got from people when I did that little query were very interesting. And I got a lot of feedback from the women in respect to the waistline of their, their tights and shorts. I found most of the women wanted the waistline to be a little higher and a lot of sensitivity in the bra tops, but you're right. The principal answer that I got was that they were really interested in having a place to store their their energy. Yeah, most definitely. And actually, that's, I'm glad that you got the same feedback that I did on the waistline of it. You know, because that was it, like, you know, I mean, I'm designing this stuff and, you know, I'm not a woman. I just try to get the best feedback I can from the women that I know that race. And so, you know, I'm constantly asking them like, all right, you know, what do you think about this feature and this element? And, you know, will this work for you? And, you know, we went through probably 10, 12 prototypes of our women's capri pants before we ended up getting the fit and the cut and everything right. And we're trying them on um, these, these women all the time as we're going through the prototypes. And we ended up with this three-inch waistband because, you know, it rides higher so it can be comfortable. But if you like a lower waistband, it, the way that we did the elastic in it lets you roll over. So you basically fold it in half if you like a lower waistband. Uh -huh. um, and so, you know, we were able to execute kind of the best of both worlds, which was uh, the best thing that we could have hoped for. Are you planning on a brick-and-mortar deals? Are you looking at outlets where people can physically go in and feel in touch? Because... You and I had this conversation about, I'm sure I'm going to sound like I'm throwing somebody under the bus, and I kind of am a little bit, but the idea that, you know, going to an expo at an event, like, for example, a Spartan race, they're not going to let you in there because they're trying to sell Reebok. And everybody knows, for the most part, that Reebok doesn't really make quality product. They just try to make cheap stuff for the masses and, you know, they're, they're into the volume business. They're not really into performance. So people aren't going to be able to find you where they can touch and feel your product at like a Spartan event. And maybe some of the other events, maybe not so sticky about who can come. But how can they get hands-on to your product? Yeah, okay. So, you know, I, I'm with you for sure on, like, going to the events. It's not just that I compete with these big corporate brands. It's that, you know, I mean, I don't see the value in going to an event because when you show up there, you're geared up. You're not going to go like, oh, that's an awesome pair of shorts. Why don't I buy those and change? You know, so I'm not sure that that's the best way to go about doing it. Um, you know, really, when it comes to getting into brick and mortar retail, truthfully, I'm just not there yet. Um, I don't produce in a big enough quantity to be able to, uh, to, to sell wholesale, um, which you sell like to like Dick's Sporting Goods. You sell them at wholesale and then they mark it up to sell at retail. And, you know, I really hope to get there, 
but I'm just not there yet. So, you know, as an interim step to try to get people's hands on the product, you know, the, the first thing that I did was on, on our e-commerce store, that's where we're selling everything right now is, is through our website, is you know, we've got free returns. So, you know, that is, I tried to make it as easy for people to get the product in their hands um, as possible. And we do, we're doing a free shipping promotion through the end of this month. Um, to you and then free returns. So really there's no risk in ordering and trying it out at this stage of the game. And then once the, the promotion for free shipping goes away, then it'll be free shipping over a certain dollar amount of order. So really we're trying to make it as easy as we can to get it in people's hands with as little risk as possible for them when it comes to e-commerce. But the other way that, um, that I'm, I'm working on to get this stuff in front of people is more through like coaching programs and clinics. I know you're going to be traveling around the country and, you know, one of the things that I would love to be able to do is to get you a full set of all the men's and women's stuff. So the people that are, that, that are dedicated to the sport enough to come see you at one of your clinics will have the opportunity to kind of like touch and feel and, and give it the sniff test and, you know, see if it's something that, that they agree is, is going to help them perform well in races. We're working on a couple of other events that will be, um, that will be throughout the United States this year. We don't have those things solidified yet, but, you know, I really do want to get this product in front of as many people as I can. Cause I think that, you know, I mean, being a new brand, there can be a tendency to be skeptical. Like, yeah, I haven't heard of these guys before. You know, I race in two XU or I race in skins or, you know, whatever. So why would I try something different? And I need to be able to show it to them for them to understand that it really is different. And, you know, I mean, we, we make a lot of claims on, on our website through our product descriptions and, you know, all those are true, but, People aren't going to know that because they don't know me from anybody else. And, you know, how are they going to trust that until they see it themselves? So, you know, for now, it's the ease of use and the lack of risk with the free shipping both ways. And then as we get into the summer into higher race season, there'll be more opportunities at different locations around the country for people to get their hands on this stuff firsthand before they decide to make a purchase. Well, I think that uh, the the free shipping and free returns is is simple enough. I mean, what else do you need to know? Uh, you get a chance to look at the product on the website, decide that it's something you're interested in. You order the stuff. It comes down, doesn't fit you, you send it back, and no no harm no foul. You'll know what to do. Uh, do you have people in customer service if they want to call ahead to to talk about sizing and stuff like that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, in terms of people, you meant you, you referenced me as the founder and CEO on the call. I'm also the designer, the fulfillment guy, the customer service guy. I am like the chef, the cook, and the bottle washer at this point. But, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun. Like, it's funny, you know. I mean, in some cases, I work my ass off at this business. But in other cases, it doesn't feel like I work at all. You know, I went back and forth with a guy on email um, that sent it through our website with some questions about the lined uh, men's shorts. And, you know, yesterday I went back and forth with him a couple of times and I was having a great time, like helping him under understand what it was and making sure that he made the right decision in terms of sizing and that he was going to be happy with the product once he got it. And he went and ordered something right afterwards. So, 
would love to engage in those conversations. Our phone number is up on our website as well. Um, and, uh, and I'm the guy you're talking to if you call. <laughs> wow, that's cool. But, you know, i got to tell you, at the end of the day, I'd rather do business with someone like that than finding out that when you call in, you're talking to somebody in freaking India that, that you can't pronounce your name and they have no interest in, you know, they're just doing what they're told to do, answer the phone. Uh, and that just wears me out that we, we're outsourcing so much work that we can't even get somebody that's sensitive to your needs. I mean, you're, you're racing, you get it, as opposed to somebody that's just answering the phone that may have no interest in the sport whatsoever. They're just customer service, and you gave them a script, and they're just trying to follow it and do the best they can. So, hey, there's something to be said for that. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I recognize that, you know, to compete, because I'm going up against people that have millions and millions of dollars in, in war chests, and advertising spends and, you know, product development, all that sort of thing. Like I'm going up against really heavy hitters and I recognize that one, I need to make a better product than them, which I think I've accomplished, but two, like I need to make a better customer experience than everybody else. And that has to do with this level of service. You know, I mean, every time that we get an order that comes in, you know, it's, it's no more than eight hours from the time we get the order to the time that that thing is packaged and shipped off. And I need, you know, I want people to get the product in their hands faster. You know, I get back to people fast when they message us or when they, uh, when they email me through the website, you know, whatever, because I recognize that they really, you know, I really want these people to feel supported and, like, you know, that we sincerely appreciate them giving the opportunity to human octane to wear it in, in races. Like, I mean, I, I, I genuinely believe that, you know, the people that do OCR have just this, this different, this different thing in them that most humans don't. And that needs to be recognized and that needs to be rewarded. And I've chosen to recognize that by making apparel specifically for them and, you know, rewarded by giving them a great experience when they make the decision to give us a try. Right. Well, I think that all the athletes that I coach, they're going to be required to wear the stuff because when you bitch at me about, you know, you're not getting the type of finish times you're hoping for and you're not, doing everything you need to do you're leaving something on the table that you shouldn't so i think that the performance wear is an important component so if anybody that uh, i'm coaching is listening right now you've heard me say it you need to get the product on you yeah i know well yeah i know and see you're you're you drive and tend more towards you know the data and the performance and all that but you can't forget that all this stuff makes you look good too like everything that we did was designed to like enhance the existing physical attributes of the person that's wearing it and make them look menacing and fast. You know, like the, sh the shirt that we made for men, you know, has this type of shoulder seam that I put in it. That's actually really cool. And it's, it's heat bonded. There's no seams in it, but the line of it, which is traced in bright red creates this appearance of broad shoulders and it traces the top of your pecs up front like there's a contrasting red line in the shorts that angles down and makes you look fast. The print on our sleeves is gradient 
And so, you know, whatever muscle you have in your arm, it's going to enhance the appearance of that. Like the seam that we put in the women's capris in the back is designed to make your butt look great because that's the feedback we got from the women who were trying it on is like, make my butt look great, make my stomach look skinny, like slimming, and then make my back and shoulders look good. And so, you know, we did that in that stitch on the butt in the women's capris and like the Phoenix wing design and that's bright yellow on the front. If you look at those on the website, you know, the, the tank top for women has this, uh, this bright stitching down the torso that makes it slimming and, you know, all that. It's like, it, I'm biased as all hell when I say this because, you know, it's, I drew all this stuff, which has been so gratifying to actually like have it come into fruition and, and see it. But, um, you know, like it's, it, we really caught the function and we really caught the styling on this stuff. And, you know, it's, it makes you look, just makes you look fantastic. So what you got to do is figure out um, how to manufacture a beanie that has black hair on it so that guys like <laughs> me, you know, look like they've got this great head of hair while they're going down there. And some, maybe one of those little um, metal things that you lay on your stomach to create six-pack abs. You know, get the whole thing going. Yeah. Give me about 35 years off. Well, I tell you what, I'll make you one that's got some blonde curly hair on it, and you can look like Hunter. Yeah, that's just what I want to look like. I'm already getting enough crap Everybody about people. want to look like Hunter. That's a good-looking dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, I'm already getting crap that people want me to adopt him. You know, I'm, I don't know. It's just For a really long time, this was totally digression, but, you know, I was trying to get adopted by LeBron James because I thought that would just be awesome, man. Like, you know, you got to – you got to deal with the posse that comes over all the time and like my box and Bentley's parked in your front yard. But other than that, it seemed like perfect win. He was just, he was never in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, what do you say we kind of wrap this up and tell people how they find your product? I want everybody to stop what you're doing after this next couple seconds here, write the website down because you're going to forget. And then I want you to go and look at the product and get a look at it. And if you like what you see, I would highly recommend that you get onto social media, look them up on Facebook, friend them, like them. Let's get this guy up there where he can he can do what he needs to do to help us perform better. That's what I'm all about. I'm embracing the requirement of sports performance, the idea that there's a product out there that's helping us get there. I'm on board. So give it to him, man. How do they find you? Yeah, well, no, you know, first, I, I really, you know, just want to thank you for your support and, you know, what you just said, because I think in some of our first conversations, when you reached out to me, you know, you said, yeah, you know, I like the idea of what you're doing, but, you know, to really get on board, I've got to see this stuff and, you know, make sure it's something that when I'm talking to people about it, that I, I truly believe in it. And it's not just because, you know, I'm getting sponsored. Well, that's just a benefit of it. Um, and so, you know, I appreciate you, you know, reaching out to me in the first place and, you know, your belief in the product and you getting behind it with the force that you have. So I appreciate that. Um, but when it comes to finding the product, very easy to do. Uh, our website is the exclusive place to buy it. And our name is Human Octane. And our website is very simply humanoctane.com. 
And yeah, you go on that site, you've got a free shipping code that's on there right now. And we'll get you some product. You can test it out. If for whatever reason it doesn't meet your standards or doesn't fit you, we'll get you uh, free shipping on the return and no harm, no foul. But, you know, really, you know, I think that once people get this in their hands, I I don't feel like we're going to get a whole lot of returns because it's fantastic. I'm going to go a step further. And if you happen to be at this race this weekend, Tough Mudder, San Bernardino, and you're wearing human octane and you find me and we get a photo op, I'm going to give you a free entry into my next running clinic. You can pick whichever location you want to go, and I'm going to give you day two. You're going to get free day two to the running clinic if I find you in human octane and you come up and say hello. How's that? And you know what? I tell you what, if they do that for you, Richard, then I will throw in some additional gear for them as well. We'll find them after the race, and I'll throw in some additional human octane gear for them. How's that? Can't go wrong now. I know. You know what I mean? No, exactly. We're givers. I know. We are givers. Exactly. (laughs) I think that we gave people that are listening to this some real content and some, some thought process and some science behind, you know, why we made this gear the way that we made this gear. And, you know, so hopefully people got a lot out of it. I don't know. And enjoyed listening to us talk. Yeah. Well, I tend to challenge them with uh, their willingness to sit through my conversations, so I'm glad you were here to help me out today. So let's go ahead and put a fork. Yeah, let's put a fork in it and say goodbye to everybody and um, catch you at the races, huh? Sounds like a plan, buddy. All right. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.